Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Today on the podcast, I talk to Amelia Freno. Amelia is a plant-based vegan. She's interested in natural wellness, sustainability, essential oils. She's a yogi and she's a new mom. We got into so many great conversations, talking about privilege in climate and zero waste conversations. We talked about meditation and mindfulness, enjoying the journey of becoming sustainable, and how just because we might both be stubborn doesn't mean we're still not compassionate. Enjoy! Well, thank you very much for joining me today. You are so welcome. Super excited to be chatting. I really like starting with this question about where you're at. So the podcast is called Consciously Clueless to kind of embody this whole idea that sometimes we feel like we're doing a really great job and we're on top of it. We're feeling like, yeah, I'm feeling really conscious and with it. And then other times we feel completely clueless. What's going on? I have no idea. And everything in between. So I'm curious where you feel like you're at right now. So with everything that's going on in the world right now, I kind of feel like I have regressed on my conscious living just because it's become so difficult to try Mm. to be minimal in the waste department, Mm. um, just with grocery shopping. So I feel like we kind of have taken a step back just to give ourselves a little bit of grace and especially with just having a baby. Mm. Um, So we kind of are like pick and choosing our zero waste battles. So we are currently about to start cloth diapering with Oliver, but we're still waiting for him to gain a little bit more weight so he fits in the cloth diapers. (laughs) So (laughs) I know we tried it the other night and he wasn't filling out the diaper. So he peed all throughout the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) How old is he? He is going to be two months on the 12th. Okay. Real little. Yeah, he's a little peanut. So in order to compensate for that, we we researched and found a diaper brand that at least is compostable within, I think it's 70 some odd days. Okay. So they are disposable, but they're better than the norm. So we're kind of going about it in that way. Um, like going to the grocery store, one local market next to us has the bulk section open, mm. but they're having to fill it and it's in their plastic bags. Same. So we're making sure to just stock up a ton and fill that plastic bag all the way to the brim. So we're not going often. So we're kind of going about it in that way. Um, Some ways we've stepped back, some ways we're moving forward. It's just, it's just challenging with everything going on right now. Yeah. I think for me, it was a reminder of my extreme privilege Mm -hmm. in the movement of using less waste and zero waste and all of that. Because these, the things we're talking about right now, we're starting to talk about are, for a lot of people, just reality. Like there is no other choice. And so the fact that at first I was really whining, you know, at least internally, just like, oh man, I, I have, was doing so well in these areas. And then this hit and boom, I can't do any of the things I felt like I could really pat myself on the back for. And what does that mean? I know exactly what you mean. When, when Oliver was born, it was so hard for me to be grateful and accept people coming over and bringing takeout. 
Mm. But then the waste that was coming from it. So it was like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful. We have no time to cook right now. But then I'm seeing our trash can taken out a lot more often. And we're used to taking it out maybe once every couple of days. It's a little trash bin. And that was hard to stomach. But I was like, you need to be grateful. Like there's a lot of privilege coming from this right now. So it's, it's a balance, I guess. I think that the biggest thing for me to realize is just like when to pull back because it becomes obsessive for me. And then totally. it's not enjoyable. Mm-mm. I know my, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I set this bar way too high to where I wanted to be the person who did keep all of their trash in a jar. And it made me, it made me crazy at first. Mm-hmm. And I was obsessing over everything because I wanted to be the perfect zero waste person. And you're exactly right. Then you're not enjoying the journey to living a more sustainable life. And you almost forget your why. And it just becomes this like standard to live by. Yes. I sometimes forget podcasting. People can't see how like crazy I'm shaking my head up and down right now, agreeing with you. Cause I'm like, everything you're saying, I'm like, yes. The, <laughs> the thing you said too, is the forget your why. Mm-hmm. That for me is really important because that can sometimes fly out the window when I'm feeling obsessive about what I'm doing. I don't, I'm not even thinking about why I'm doing it anymore. Yep. I know it quickly goes out the window when you're obsessing over being perfect with it. Mm-hmm. So how did your sustainability journey start? Where did that come from of learning more about that? So I began my vegan journey first. Mm-hmm. And then I think I just started seeing things online and it became very interesting to me too. And it, and it paired well with the lifestyle that I was creating. So it just, at first when I went vegan, it was strictly for health purposes. Yeah. Let's talk then, about that first. Yeah. So that came first. We decided to watch uh, forks over knives. Mm. We thought it was a, um, like a cooking show, like on the food network. <laughs> We were quickly, uh, quickly turned around with that. Oh crap. Yeah. And I'm a Scorpio. So that night I was like, I'm done. I'm vegan. Mm, You're all in. All in black and white. Yeah. Um, I know it's not like that for everyone. So it's hard for me to, to grasp that when somebody watches it and they're like, Oh, baby steps. And I'm like, what do you mean? Baby steps? (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) So my husband is that kind of person. He needed to just cut out one thing at a time. And it's taken him a few years, but now he's finally cut it all. And he, in his own way and in his own time, when he sees something or he watches something and it clicks for him. So that was three and a half years ago, we watched that documentary. And I want to say at some point that year, because it was in January, some point in that first year of being vegan, I started seeing a lot of things online. It was one girl's video on Instagram of a beach, I want to think in like Bali or Costa Rica or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it was like this beautiful beach. And as they zoomed in more and more and more, you saw all the plastic and waste that was just covering the beach. Mm. And I was just sickened by it. And I don't know why it took that video to click, but it was like, okay, if I'm buying all this good fruits and vegetables and I'm not, you know, consuming animal product anymore, I need to look at my plastic as well. And so I started to... I thought I was being sustainable by getting rid of all the plastic in my home instead of using it and slowly taking it out. Again, I'm that like black and white, it's all or nothing. So I threw everything away, which is so wasteful. Mm. And I was like, all glass jars, no more plastic, no more chemicals. 
Um, I relate to you so much because it's like, I want it to look like it does on Instagram. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wanted that beautiful pantry and that beautiful fridge. And I looked, now looking back, I must have looked insane when my husband came home from work and I'm throwing all of this stuff away. You're like, I'm being sustainable. (laughs) I was like, we need to live more sustainably. And he's just so confused. But if I could go back in time, I would definitely finish using those products or at least donate them. There's, Mm -hmm. there are tons of people in need who would benefit from using those at least. And then I know it's not just going to landfill. Right. But you live and you learn when you know better, you do better. Yeah. (laughs) It's so interesting how many conversations I've had even so far about how people's entry point into sustainability seems to be veganism or just plant-based living. And that's myself included. It does kind of go hand in hand. I know there's different aspects to it. Like you can go about it for the health purposes. That was my main reasoning to start. Mm -hmm. And then I started looking at the ethical side with, you know, the animal agriculture and then came the environmental. Like, wow, you can do so much good just by eating more plants and less animal product. If you can't just go, you know, full blown, Mm -hmm. it makes a huge difference in all three of those areas. So how was it with you being the type of person that I am a thousand percent relating to in terms of black and white, you're like, okay, done. Bye. I'm (laughs) vegan. Um, and then your husband who was like, okay, yep, I'm on my own journey. How was that for the two of you? I'm not going to lie. It was hard. We had, Mm -hmm. we had some, some, conversations I'll say because <laughs> um, he that night he was like I'm done with red meat like something in that video something along those lines just clicked and he was like no more red meat and um it was a few weeks later we watched what the health and mm. I was like you know what I'm taking everything out of the fridge like there's no animal product in this home that ruffled his feathers a little bit because mm-hmm. he was like this is so wasteful you're just throwing this food out and I was like throw the food out or you're going to get sick. (laughs) It was just this, this obsession in my mind with like, we're going to get sick if we keep eating this stuff. Yeah. You know, long-term yes. But if he were to eat another turkey sandwich, it probably would not have gotten him sick that week. So it did. We had a lot of conversations, a lot of talking late at night. And just, I would say when you're in a partnership like that and one of you is on one level and the other one's not quite there yet and they're on their own path, just talking about it as often as possible, no matter how painful it might seem. And even if it's like, we've been talking and having these conversations every night for the last couple of weeks, it only gets better. Mm. So lots of conversations, not always fun, but now I look back and I'm like, I'm so glad we did. And I didn't just, you know, do my usual walk away and, you know, calm down and get over it. Cause you don't truly get over it. It's still in the room. You know, you have yes. to have those conversations. Yes. Do you feel like there's anything that you would do differently knowing that now, like with how you responded to him being slower on that journey? Or do you feel like just like you really did a good job of talking it through? I could definitely have been more patient and a mm-hmm. lot more understanding. It's hard for me when I'm, when I took that that information. And it was just this automatic response to be done with it. And it's so hard for me when somebody else watches that video or gets the information and they don't have the same response. I don't understand why it doesn't impact them in the way it impacted me. 
So I think if I would know like, okay, he's going to get this information. He's going to understand it eventually. I could have been a lot more patient with him. But in my mind, it was this obsession, like, oh my God, every bite he takes of cheese or meat yes. is going to be sick. Just because I knew that information. I have literally shown people the game changers and, you know, some of those documentaries that I love that documentary. So good. That's a good one right now. A lot of people, especially our generation, a lot more men. Yes. Clicking for them when they watch that. So now that's become the documentary that I'm recommending to my generation and to a lot more men. I just feel like because there's so many athletes in that one. Yep. For sure. I've literally been so excited to show people that kind of stuff that I will sit there watching it with them and I'm not even watching the film. I'm watching them, (laughs) you know, like waiting. I'm like, I'm like waiting for it to click. Like I'm going to somehow see an actual light bulb above their head. Like it was for me. And then when it doesn't come as quick, I'm like, are we watching the same thing? I I don't understand. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm going from the screen to their face, like over yes. and over, like, waiting for them to look at me and give me the same facial reaction. Like, I know. Can you believe that? You know? <laughs> yes. It's so hard. And it comes from, you know, maybe this is just what I tell myself to make myself feel better, but it comes from a place of love and compassion, but it definitely doesn't always land that way. Yeah, my delivery doesn't always seem like it's out of love and compassion, especially if someone doesn't have the same reaction that I did. Girl, same. (laughs) (laughs) I totally understand. That is one of the things, I mean, maybe I should talk about this more in general. I think that's one of the things I wish someone would have talked to me about when I first went vegan. was like, this this part's going to be really, really hard is when everyone around you isn't on the same page. Yes. Especially the people you love the most, like your closest friends or family or your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I always hear about that angry vegan phase. Like it is so true and yes. it might go away, but it little spurts of it will come back when somebody like when you're watching a documentary or you're reading an article or you're seeing a picture, an image, and somebody doesn't react like you would, you instantly want to, I feel like I instantly want to defend it and explain to them and really get it into their brain until they understand. But it might just not be that they're at that point in their path to receive it in that way yet. And that's hard. Absolutely. And I've talked about this on the show before, but my best friend from when I was eight years old, she is vegan and went vegan when we were in like middle school or something. She was way ahead of the curve. Wow. And I grew up hunting and fishing and eating meat (laughs) and all those things. And, you know, we're still best friends. And once I finally became vegan, I literally was like, thank you so much for your patience because she's such a kind, compassionate person. And I think I'm just like easier to fly off the handle (laughs) that I just was like, oh, I can't imagine if roles were reversed. She was so patient with me. And that's what made me able to ask her questions and talk more to her about it and understand it more. And she would show me things. And it was later that I had that moment, I was like, oh, I'm trying to pressure people in my life, but my best friend of like 20 years has been so patient with me. I think I need to calm down. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Going vegan is a compassionate lifestyle towards animals and the environment, yet we're not compassionate towards 
you know, other humans because they're not going about this at the same speed we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm so glad that you are vocalizing this too. Cause it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. It is a real yeah, stage of the journey. And I'll blame it on being a Scorpio or being like a hot headed <laughs> Italian, but really there's so many people who I've met that have, that have those same moments. Just mm-hmm. like you said, looking at the person when they're watching the documentary, expecting them to react to that scene just as you did. Yes. Yes. Patience in this movement is so crucial and compassion and compassion for ourselves too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is... we have to give ourselves grace. Absolutely. I think that is coming back to what we started the conversation with, with our current problems with sustainability during COVID and all of that to give ourselves some grace and kind of figure out different things. Like you were saying like, well, we can't do cloth diapers yet, but we can do this Mm -hmm. and not treat it as an all or nothing. Yeah. And that can be challenging within itself because you set these expectations for yourself and have this picture of where you want your life to be. And I wanted it to be all, all the way like, okay, tomorrow morning we're zero waste sustainable, no plastics, like no single use. Mm. And that was so much harder to transition versus going vegan with veganism. I felt like I could just get rid of the food and only buy vegetables. Yep. I remember starting to get rid of the plastics in my house. And it was like, I started in the kitchen with cleaning products and then it was like, oh my God, they're in my bathroom. Oh my God, they're everywhere. Like there yes. was everywhere. And I was just thinking, how does anybody do this? Because mm-hmm. I want to be like I said, overnight. And I realized quickly like, okay, this is going to take me some time. And it's not about getting rid of plastic necessarily, but making sure that it's not single use. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, like I am a full supporter of, okay, go room by room. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like look at the bathroom and say, what are my next steps? Or look at the kitchen and say, what are my next steps? Or look at the kids or whatever it is. Because if you try to do it all at once, it's so overwhelming and awful (laughs) that you'll give up. It is. It was just this like huge, like gray cloud over my house where I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do this. But over time I did get it done and it made me feel better. And yes, we still have plastic in our home. Mm -hmm. But I try my best to say, okay, how can we use this again and again? Or can I give this to a friend or find some sort of use for it? I remember at first I went out to eat somewhere and, you know, I'll usually say, I don't need a straw in my drink or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I forgot to say that. And I thought about that straw while I was falling asleep, you know, (laughs) like I was laying in bed, like, I can't believe I didn't say, please don't give me a straw. (laughs) That's not healthy. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm laughing because I'm the exact same way. It'll like taunt me for the next 24, 48 hours. Like, how could you be that way? How could you forget? It's such an easy thing. No straw or no, I don't want a lid on that cup or something so minor and it will stay with me. I'm just like, failure. How did you do that? (laughs) Yes. And now I'm getting into reading about manifesting and I'm reading the book, The Secret, if you're familiar with that that one. Oh, it's so good. And so now I'm like all this energy work and thinking about that. I'm like, if I'm focusing on the negative, what I didn't do, I'm only going to call in more negative situations. Oh no, what am I doing? And then I start stressing about that and I'm like, stop thinking about it. (laughs) Yes. It's such a bad cycle. (laughs) It's really, really bad. So 
with the two month old Oliver, you said mm-hmm. he's adorable, by the way. Thank you. Like you said, he's, he's like such a little peanut. Oh my God. He just, I like, I stare at him and I swear, I'm like, I'm going to break my teeth. I grit my teeth so hard. Cause I'm just like, Oh, you're so cute. I just want to kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming you're planning on raising a vegan baby. Definitely. What was that research or conversation like, or like, what is that like thinking about? Cause I know there's a lot of people who are either confused by that or think that's a bad idea or, you know, just like they think being vegan is bad, but I would love to hear more about your plans for that. So it was definitely not even a thought in my mind. Like, absolutely. You know, we're vegan. Why wouldn't he be vegan as well? But then, I mean, I even have very close family members like my mom who would tell me like, you know, he didn't choose this life. Like don't force it on him. But I'm at the same time, I'm like, well, until he can make these decisions himself, I'm going to do what I feel is best, just like any parent would do, you know, mm. what they think is best for their child. Yes. So right now we're still going through some breastfeeding challenges where okay. um, I am not producing the full amount that he needs and mm-hmm. he is not able to extract the full amount he needs because okay. of the mouth issues he's having. He had tongue tie, lip tie, and a high palate when he was born. Oh, wow. So we are definitely facing some challenges, but I'm not giving up and he's doing really, really well with it. Um, but I have, you know, we had to supplement with formula for a couple of days in the beginning, which mm-hmm. me. Mm. I mean, broke me. And I know it, there's nothing wrong with it. There are so many of my friends who were raised on formula. They're completely healthy and normal and fine. Yeah. <laughs> session in my mind. So I'm doing I, it perfect, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they, there are a ton of formulas out there, but there's only like one that is vegan and it's a soy based and the ingredients still, I didn't like, but we, mm-hmm. it was the only option. And we, you know, it was like, he was two days old and we were really stressing about his weight loss and he wasn't able to feed. And so we had to go that route for a few days. Well, flash forward to now, and I'm still having these issues, but I'm, I'm creating a homemade formula that I'm happy with the ingredients. Oh, wow. But I, you know, so many people will say, oh, how about donor milk from another mother, which I would prefer over the homemade formula. Mm-hmm. But so many people are like, oh, this person's not vegan. And they're like, but they have a ton of breast milk. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I have, <laughs> I have derailed from my original plan for breastfeeding in so many ways. I am not going to go that route. Like, that's, that's so not- interesting. It's not something that I can stomach. I would feel awful if I know that, and he had any health concerns that were tied to eating animal products and knowing that I just went that route. Mm. So it was something that I still am being asked about today. Like, oh, I have a friend who has a ton of, you know, breast milk that they would love to donate, but they're not vegan. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not backwards for that one. You know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's hard to find, especially, I don't know why in my area, um, in Virginia beach, but not many vegan moms that have the extra breast milk that are local that could do that. Interesting. I'm sorry that you're having those issues. That sounds really stressful to have all of that, like right at the beginning. It definitely is. I mean, I know that it could always be worse. Like he's healthy and he's doing great. It's almost like 
it's my challenge for myself and letting go of those expectations and lowering that bar that I put the pressure on myself because it truly is. It's the pressure I'm putting on myself to be this perfect zero waste vegan mom. And I mean, I had the same issue when I was pregnant. I was thinking I was going to be this super fit, tiny pregnant mom. And it just totally did not turn out that way. <laughs> I enjoyed my pregnancy. I gained a lot of weight and I totally proved that, you know, notion wrong about, you know, healthy, thin vegan pregnancy. And that was hard for me to stomach. Mm. So this breastfeeding challenge has been really hard for me, but I feel like it's my own challenge I need to get through for myself. You know, it's just something I need to learn to let go of those expectations. They do nothing but put pressure on me and ruin those experiences that I could just be enjoying. Yes. Like you're not focusing on what's actually going on. Yeah. Instead of, you know, looking at him and being so happy and just enjoying these moments that are going by so quickly, I'm stressing what is wrong with me. Why am I not producing enough? Why am I having to make breast milk? You know, Mm -hmm. I'm a woman. I'm I'm made to do this. Mm. But it is what it is, and I've done my best, and I have to just be okay with that and take a few deep breaths and just soak up these moments because they truly are flying by. That's such good advice. I have some... Um, friends in my life with children. And I feel like that is a conversation that comes up so much is the shaming around doing all those things right or wrong. And really it's from my outside perspective, it kind of looks like you get shit on no matter what. Yeah. Everyone's got their opinions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Definitely. So have you been doing a lot of reading or research about as he goes into the next stages after breast milk about like vegan baby stuff? So I, I know that at six months, he can start to incorporate some solid foods. Mm-hmm. So I would start with, I, I think it's vegetables over fruit because fruit is such high in sugar. I could be wrong. Um, I'm kind of trying to get my type A personality out of the picture. <laughs> these moments and be a little more relaxed instead of like preparing and planning and Good look so far ahead because it's just, it hasn't been fun in the past. So I'm trying to just, you know, try something new. But yeah, I can start incorporating solid foods, which will be helpful with the breast milk thing because I won't need much at that point. So I'm excited to start, you know, incorporating the foods that we eat. I'm going Mm. to do, you know, whatever we make for dinner, a little bit of that on the side for him. Obviously not like seasoned because I love spicy food and I can't do that for him. (laughs) (laughs) And then, I mean, my gosh, I'm just so excited for the day I can make him one of my smoothie bowls. Like, oh, (laughs) Yeah, which by the way, on your Instagram, your food looks amazing. <laughs> Thank you. We have um, my whole family were Italian, and I can't count how many restaurants my family owns. Like different aunts, uncles, cousins. Like that's everybody's career choice is just to open a restaurant. So it's definitely in our blood to make food look appealing. Mm. Um, so it's something I love to do, and I'm just like, please, Oliver, like my food, please. <laughs> Well, were you really into cooking and food before going vegan as well? Definitely. Um, I had, that's how my whole Instagram had started was just showing food. And I was like, I don't care if anybody likes this. I always loved food photography and I just thought it was very interesting and beautiful for me. And then some people started to like it. So, you know, it was nice to see other people appreciating a a nice picture of food. (laughs) Definitely. Well, it looks beautiful. 
Thank you. And delicious. And I'm, there's no way he won't love it. He won't know anything <laughs> different. That's so true. I know. That's, that was something else that was stressing me too. I was like, what if, you know, I leave him with a family member because I'm the only vegan in my whole extended family. And I always tell them, I'm like, you know, I tell my mom or my sister, your kid or your grandchild eats fruits and vegetables. You can just give them fruits and vegetables and give Oliver the same thing. It doesn't have to be, oh, Oliver's cousin's eating, you know, chicken nuggets and an ice cream cone and Oliver's just getting, you know, like strawberries, poor thing. <laughs> you know, they can both eat the fruit or they can both eat the vegetables and make it an easy thing. It doesn't have to be one is missing out and the other one's, you know, eating all this junk. Have you gotten a lot of pushback from your traditional Italian family on being vegan? Yeah. Oh, it was <laughs> It's, um, I've been vegan three and a half years now. So for the, for, I mean, still some of them have no idea truly what it means to be vegan. They just say every time I mention like, Oh no, I'm not going to have that. What? You don't eat this. And I'm just like, no, I don't eat any animal. <laughs> and they think that I'm missing out. Obviously it's the comment that where's your protein coming from? You're mm. missing out on all of this stuff. You're Italian. You've you've turned your, you know, against your heritage. How can oh, you not wow. eat Parmesan and, and, um, I don't know, all these other things. And I'm just like, that is so hurtful. Like, no, there are so many good foods that are made still in an Italian way that you can enjoy and love. And when I look at it for health reasons, it's, it doesn't even bother me to hear those things. I just wish my family understood the health side, but I do feel there's a generational gap there where mm. it's almost like a, a hit to their ego to think that they have been hurting their health their whole life because of how they were raised and their parents. Like my, my parents would never, you know, get me to live an unhealthy life. And I feel like that's something that's hard for them to swallow. So they'd rather just ignore that. I, that oh, I think it makes total sense. And I think it's a barrier to this conversation a lot of the time, actually, because who wants to admit that a whole system is wrong? Who wants to admit a food system is wrong or even want to believe that something like that could be deceiving us or could be giving us wrong information? And that means our families are giving us wrong information. It's, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. It was a shock for me. I mean, there were a lot of times when I watched what the health, my jaw was on the floor the whole time. And I just couldn't believe how many, like you said, how many deceiving corporations or businesses that we have been led to trust our whole life. And I never once thought shame on my parents for not knowing. I was just like, dang, I really hope that they can learn this information soon, you mm -hmm. know, at some point in their life and adopt this kind of lifestyle, at least to some degree. Um, but it is, it's definitely something that I feel like is harder for them to swallow. My mom and my family will always just say, well, we've lived our whole life this way and we're fine. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, how many things do you complain about that are wrong or that are hurting or mm -hmm. that you're bothering your body? Like, you don't think there's some tie to this. And they, I just feel like it's just, they're constantly just thinking it's just a genetic thing and there's nothing they can do about it. So why bother? Yeah, that's a really frustrating argument for me to combat. Mm -hmm. um, I love that phrase. I say this all the time, but that phrase or that quote, I forget which doctor it's from. I don't know if it's, I'd have to look now. Maybe I can find it and put it in the show notes. But that genetics 
loads the gun, but lifestyle pulls the trigger. Ooh, that is good. Right? It's perfect because yeah, those things might be a part of it, but you're, you can activate or not activate some of those things too. And that's how I really like to picture it Mm -hmm. and explain it to other people as well. So my grandma has Alzheimer's and you know, there's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard journey, but it's one of those things where you start to worry and think about, well, what, what is going to happen to my mom or to me or to other family members. And it brings me comfort and lessens my anxiety to think, well, at least I'm doing everything I know I can to help. Yeah. I would sleep so much better knowing okay, I've done everything I could in my life to prevent this. So if it's going to happen, there was nothing else that I could do. And I, I'm okay with that mm-hmm. versus thinking or wondering, could it have been my lifestyle? Could it have been my diet? Like, I don't know. Did I do this to myself? How could I, I would just feel awful knowing that I did have some effect on something like that happening in my life. And I have, you know, my kids and my husband and my family to have to look after me when it was, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially we know this information. If we never knew this information, you can't do anything about it. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But I, just, I swear by when you know better, you, you need to do better. I love that. I think that is so true. Have you read The Alzheimer's Solution by Dean and Aisha Sherzai? No. I would recommend I that one for sure. That was a huge turning point in my really solidifying my why in terms of health mm-hmm. because I was in the midst of my grandma getting worse and all of that. So it was just like so clear to me yeah. that this was important. I would totally recommend that one. Does it go into dementia at all? Mm-hmm. It's dementia, Alzheimer's. Oh, I'm, okay. Yeah, definitely. Cause we have some family members that are going through that um, on my husband's side. So I would love information on that. Yeah. I bought copies for like multiple family members. That's just awesome. like, <laughs> here's this book. I just have an extra copy. <laughs> I did the same thing with um, the medical medium, some of his books, like thyroid, liver rescue. And I'm just like, oh, I just happened to have this. I didn't, you know, I have family members who have thyroid issues. And I'm like, oh, how perfect here. Take this. What? How ironic this just ended up in my bag today. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So one of the things that you talk about or have posted on your social media a lot is about being a yogi. Mm-hmm. And I looked at your YouTube, which was fun. And <laughs> one of the videos was about prenatal yoga. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about your journey with yoga? And So last summer, I want to say it was June or July, I started my yoga teacher training. And it was really nice because the instructor did it over the course of a year where we meet. It's still the 200 hour, but we meet over the course of a year. So we really have time to soak in all the information, apply it. Mm. And I felt like that worked perfectly with my schedule being a teacher. I wasn't pregnant yet. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. (laughs) A month or two later, I find out August 29th. I'm like, oh my God, we're pregnant. Like, how am I going to do this? And my instructor is just fantastic. She's like, of course you're going to do this. You just keep going and we're going to make adjustments as we go. What a great learning experience. Yeah. Um, the only issue was, you know, we're still going through the, the through the training and with COVID happening oh. it kind of derailed things. And then Oliver arrived, which I thought, you know, I would be graduated already. 
So it's kind of been a little more challenging. I feel like I'm missing out a little bit because I'm not mm. there with them and I'm doing more of it virtual, but it is what it is. And forever, whatever reason, this is supposed to be happening. Mm. Um, but I love that my training has been not as much as on um, focused on the physical asana, which is what I feel like a lot of people just think that's what yoga is. Yep. And so much internal work and learning about the chakras and balancing your body and your energy. And I just was like, it definitely was what I needed. And I had no idea until we started digging deeper into mm. chakra and childhood and how you were brought up and how it affects, you know, the things that are happening in your life currently. So the universe was- knew you needed that. Yeah, it was not what I expected, but it was coming at a perfect time in my life as I'm becoming a mom. Like, how perfect for me to learn all about all of this during such a transitional period. So it was beautiful. And we're supposed to be graduating, I think, in August. So that's coming up. Mm -hmm. That's really, really exciting. I felt very similarly about my program that it was so in depth and so much more than just the physical asana and. I remember having so many moments where I was sitting in class and we did one long weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a month mm-hmm. for a few months. And I just had, I have so many memories of sitting there and talking about something about like causing our own suffering or mm-hmm. all of these different things and sitting and just being awestruck at the information that I was receiving and how it felt like exactly what I needed to know and exactly yeah. what I wanted to share and it is, it's a beautiful practice. Yeah. I remember when we learned, we did the same thing. We meet once a month and it's a Thursday night, Friday night, all day, Saturday session. So it's like one weekend out of the month. And I remember the one time we were learning about ego and it mm. hit me so hard hearing all of this. And I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea. I had such a big ego and it was causing all this issues for me. And I remember leaving that night and I just cried in my car and I was like, I've got to do some internal work. I've got to work on myself. (laughs) I had such a similar experience. I live about two, two and a half hours away from where I got my training. And Uh I remember one night just driving home and just bawling. And just, I, I have judged so many people in my life. I remember thinking that, like, I've been so judgmental. Yeah, it was a hard pill to swallow, but something I needed to do. And again, perfect timing as I'm coming into motherhood to figure that stuff out and start to do the work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's hard and it's ongoing. It is. And that was another thing that was hard for me to grasp. I remember my instructor being like, honey, you're not just going to fix this overnight (laughs) and start working towards it, but it's probably life's work. And I'm like, what do you mean? I need to be like, I need to be perfect. And did you tell her you're a Scorpio? (laughs) Oh, she knew. (laughs) And she was like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. (laughs) She's very intuitive. I love my instructor. So she knows things I feel like about me that I didn't know about myself. Mm. And when we're going over certain things, she'll kind of look at me and I'm, and then it starts to click and I'm like, oh my God, like not again. I'm, I'm learning so much about myself that I'm not happy with, but it's good to know. So I can, you know, know better and do better and start that life. And I love what to come back to something you said earlier is just that when we know better, do better. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, you've got this information and it's hard, but now you have a chance to do a little better with it. Yeah. I would be upset at myself if I knew the information and just was like, Oh, well, I'll just keep living my life the way I am. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Which probably comes back to why both of us want everyone in our lives to get on board with everything because we're like, <laughs> hello, we have new information and you're not absorbing it like we did. <laughs> like, let's do better together. Come on, I can help yeah, you. <laughs> exactly. That's my thing. I'm like, I'm right here. I'm your resource. I swear. Yeah, I was just going to say, let me be a resource for you. <laughs> Absolutely. So after talking about yoga, I have a feeling this will be part of your answer, but what do you do, especially now being a new mom to slow down and become conscious if you get any of that time? I'm not even sure. And has that evolved over time? It's definitely different. I used to take all the time in the world. I had a long morning routine. I would take all this time to myself and I would journal and I would pull cards and do yoga and I would meditate. Mm. I have lost sight of that a little bit, just trying to figure out everything. And this whole breastfeeding journey has consumed my time. And Mm. I've had a lot of inner conversations just thinking like, is this worth it? Yes, his health is number one, but so is mine. And if I want to be a good mom, I have to take care of myself as well. So I do need to take a little bit of time. And if I have to give him a bottle one time during the day, just to get an hour to myself to be better for the whole rest of the day, I have to know that that's worth it. Mm. I'm just starting to get back into yoga again, to not finding that time to sit with myself and just center again. Um, but something that I can do at any point in the day that's been really helpful is just to use essential oil and just slow down with my breath. Mm. It all comes down to just your breath work. And if I can take a few seconds and just take a few deep breaths and just calm my mind, even if it's just for a minute, because sometimes that's all I have. And that makes the world of difference. I mean, just, I can't put into words how much it's been helpful just to lean on a couple of oils, some slow breath work and some gratitude, like, you know, things I'm grateful for really quick in my mind and then keep going with my day. It's such a good reminder that it doesn't have to be the long, yeah. hour long process, that how much of a game changer it can be to be like, set a timer for three minutes. Mm-hmm. This is my three minutes to breathe and to think about what I'm grateful for can change your day. Oh, totally. I mean, there have been times where I'm on the verge of tears and I'm freaking out because of all the things that I'm stressing about in my mind. And my husband will just kind of like push a bottle of essential oil closer to me. And I'm like, all right, I know. (laughs) And I'll drop some of my hands. And just like you said, like take a few minutes just to breathe and slow down. And then everything seems more attainable. My problems didn't go away, but I don't see them as these huge blocks in my way anymore. What's your go-to oil when you're going to slow down? Oh God, I, I swear by frankincense. Mm. There's just something so grounding, but yet I love it for meditation as well. And the smell is just captivating for me. I just love it. I use lavender and frankincense throughout my whole birthing um, experience. And it was very helpful. <laughs> and that felt like it made a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, I remember hearing um, my husband, so my doula would bring them over. My eyes might be shut and I was just starting to zone out and she would bring them over and just put them under my nose. And I remember hearing him be like, wow, that's really calming her down. (laughs) Cause you would just hear me like quick breathing or like, you know, making sounds because of the pressure waves that were coming. And then I would smell it and it's just like, I just instantly like melted and it just relaxed me. Mm. Um, and it was nice. She would just be right there with him every few minutes. And then just, it was nice just to kind of slow down and, you know, breathe. Definitely. I've worked with 
survivors of sexual trauma and dating violence as an advocate. And sometimes, you know, when people talk about what can we do or what can be in your self-care box or whatever it is, sometimes I'd be like, what about lavender essential oil? And I, even if you don't, like this was always my argument for people who were skeptical about that. Even if you don't believe it actually does anything, if I can get someone to equate slowing their breathing down and sleeping a little better with the smell of something, I don't care what it's doing or not doing. If that's what gets them to slow down because they have lavender essential oil, awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of science behind it and how it works with your limbic system and certain parts of your brain and trigger certain memories. I mean, I always think like as I start to cook, when I smell garlic and olive oil in a pan, I instantly go back to being at home and coming downstairs and my mom cooking. Mm. And it's like, you do, smell triggers so many things. So it absolutely can work. I do think you do need the slow breath and you do need to just take a second to to yourself and then let it kind of do its thing. Yeah. Create a new pathway. Like this is a positive experience. Every time I smell this, it's a positive experience. Yeah. I totally agree. It does. It creates a new pathway for that smell and that memory and that feeling to just go about it in a better way instead of causing so much stress on your mind and your body. Mm, I love that. Love that. What is something about you that you want people to know that maybe I haven't asked yet? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> um, hmm. That just because I'm as determined and stubborn as I am, I'm still compassionate and understanding. And it's something that I'm working on, but I don't feel like it always comes through because I am so passionate. I like to say it's a nicer way about certain topics and certain beliefs in my life. And because I am so black and white, but I have so many friends that live a completely different lifestyle for me. And it doesn't change the fact that I still love them just the same. Oh, you just hit me in my soul. (laughs) That is amazingly well put and relatable for me. Thank you. I know. I feel like you and I have a lot more in common than I thought. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I I mean, right. When you started talking about things in the beginning, I was just like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. (laughs) So where can people connect with you after hearing this? Um, I would say I am on social media, Facebook and Instagram, but I am a lot more active on social media, um, on Instagram at Veggie Smiles. Um, I talk about food, sustainable living, yoga, essential oils, being a new mom, mm-hmm. you know, life in general. I feel so much more comfortable sharing my life on there. Um, so yeah, if anybody does want to reach out or get in contact, that would be probably the easiest way. And I would love to connect with more people and I look forward to it. That's awesome. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me today. This was such a good conversation. Yeah, thank you. This was a nice break for my day. I do need to check on Oliver, but this was a really nice break. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I am so glad you were here for this episode as Amelia and I both talked about the struggle with wanting other people to be healthy and happy like we are. It felt like such a good reminder to enjoy the journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to wherever you are listening to your podcasts. 
And if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and give this one a quick review, I would so appreciate it, as you will be helping this podcast get into the ears of other listeners and help it grow. Until next episode. Thank you.